Broadcasting live from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West. West. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. All right. Happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman live on your radio. Hard-hitting news the networks refuse to use, no doubt, starts now. This is the broadcast for February the 18th in the year of our Lord, 2022. This is our one of two and our goal always to protect life, liberty, and property and to promote God, family, and country on your radio and the traditions of our founding fathers. Yes, indeed, we use the blueprint for liberty, the supreme law of the land, the Constitution for the United States of America. That is our guide. And absolutely, we're convinced the checks and balances brilliantly put in place by the Founding Fathers, one of the great peaceful restorative solutions we have at our fingertips. And as you know, we reject revolution. We stand for peaceful restoration of the greatest country on the face of the earth. I was not live yesterday. Had some uh, personal stuff to square away. Got it done. We're all good, though. But we were live on Wednesday. And we had our guest on Mr. James Edwards, thepoliticalcesspool.org, first hour. And we talked about a Manhattan jury found that the New York Times did not defame former Alaska Sarah Palin. Yeah, the district court judge, Jed Rakoff, announced that he would have dismissed it anyway, regardless of what the jury said, because the legal team failed to argue the standard for malice. What a disgrace that is, ladies and gentlemen. You've got two classes of people in America. You've got public figures, such as myself, and then you've got you, the average citizen. Do you realize that we have less constitutional rights than you do? Somebody can defame you. You can go to court and win because they shouldn't do it. Libel, slander. But if you're a public figure, then, hey, there's a different standard in America. They say the actual malice standard required, listen, for defamation cases including or relating to public figures. Wow. Brimlow, that's Peter Brimlow, also uh, had a lawsuit with the New York Times. Yeah, the Southern District of New York has dismissed Peter Brimlow's case. Yeah, the court did not even grant oral argument. No jury appears for you, buddy. <laughs> yeah. The takedown of Joe Rogan is going on. New American talked about that. Joe Rogan's not to the court levels yet, but there you go. Dennis Prager is. Peter Brimlow is. Sarah Palin was, Peter Brimlow was, right? Uh, James Edwards was. Wow, that was our one of Liberty Roundtable Live with James Edwards. James is the best guy to break that down because he's actually been in one of those lawsuits only to lose. They said James was not what they claimed he was. They claimed he was a member of the KKK and a leader of the KKK. In the court case, they admitted that isn't true. He's not at all. But don't worry, Aesop's fables. Uh, the company he keeps is the reason that they can go ahead and slander and libel public figure James Edwards. What a shame. What a disgrace. But that's what we have in our modern reality today. Dishonesty everywhere. Second hour, we had on an incredible gentleman named Dr. John Diamond, host of America Unhinged Radio. And uh, AmericaUnhingedRadio.com is his website, ladies and gentlemen, radio and TV, by the way. He says, we got to save America. Oh, it's time to save America for good, he says. Now, Dr. John Diamond is a national recognized teacher, motivational, inspirational speaker, and a whole lot more. He's also a seasoned author that has written several books, including one book called Appeal to Heaven and another book, A Cry for Divine Justice, 
John's also a veteran of the United States Air Force. God bless him for his service. We talked with John about the new media taking center stage. We talked about the Black Robed Regiment, a resource and networking entity where church leaders and lay people can network and understand to stand up for our Lord and Savior, blackrobereg.org, to learn more about that. Ladies and gentlemen, the Black Robe Regiment had its historical roots, or beginnings, if you will, during the Revolutionary War, when pastors from across the colonies arose up and stood in the pulpit and led their congregations into the battle for freedom. Yeah, we talked about George Washington's farewell address of 1796. He actually warned against parties and partisan politics. Uh, anyway, it was a great couple of hours with James Edwards and John Diamond. Available now at LibertyRoundTable.com and LovingLiberty.net, as well as BrideyOnRadio.com. Check it all out. All right, news that should be used to use starts now. It is a freedom-loving, fantastic. We're taking America back. One heart, one mind, one issue at a time. Faith-filled Friday. What does that mean? Brother Chris Carlson is on your radio. Welcome to the show, sir. Yes, sir. Sam, without God, we can never win. With God, we can never lose. The battle for freedom is the Lord's, but we need to be engaged in that fight. Lieutenant Carlson reporting for duty, sir. All right, ladies and gentlemen, there's some serious issues that we must discuss. We're going to be talking about the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Uh, we have some very big concerns. We're also going to broaden that discussion to churches in general. Uh, and ladies and gentlemen, this is a very tough discussion. And I don't mean to personally criticize individuals. I don't mean to attack anyone. But I do mean to express an opinion that will be very bold and very different from what you may be used to. And I want you to understand a lot of people are going to say, Sam, I'm so disappointed in you. I, I used to believe in you, but now I don't. I would ask you to do the following. If you can't handle it, turn off your radio. Thank you. To the rest of you, I would pray you have an open heart for our genuine discovery of truth. Uh, that's right. When it comes to seeking truth, ladies and gentlemen, we don't have friends and foes. We don't have partisan politics to protect. We don't have, okay, I can go on and on, right? You get it, what I'm saying. Look, the truth cuts where it will. Oh, and sometimes it cuts in places where you're like, whoa, that's a little too close. That's, ow, hey, now, stop. No, no, no. Do we accept truth wherever it's found? If we're true disciples of Christ, that's exactly what we do. Does that mean we got to hate on, personally attack, or, you know, defame others? No. We can do so in a genuine way and agree to disagree agreeably. We can have our own opinions, our own viewpoints, our own discoveries of truth. We should ask questions. Well, just Sam, you can ask questions, but don't you dare ask the wrong ones, buddy. No, sir. Your language will just border on you're a bigot, you're a racist, you're a thug, you're an enemy, you're a hater, you're a, and you'll fall into this dishonest trap that we've created in America today. What is that? Well, we're going to have all these agendas based on opinions and viewpoints that are flat out against science and against God. But yet, hey, they're the order of the day. You stand up for science, you stand up for God. Oh, no. You can't do that. How dare you? But yet, we say we're seeking for truth. We're looking for love in all the wrong places is what I would tell you. And so, ladies and gentlemen, this conversation might not be super pleasant. I get it. This conversation might be uncomfortable. I get it. But I'm telling you that I'm a truth seeker. 
and I have every right to my opinion. Uh, there is free speech in America, despite what you've been led to believe and indoctrinated to believe. And uh, we're going to use that today, and we're going to do it now. Chris, my friend, why don't you introduce the topic here? So, as you may or may not know, uh, audience, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints had a policy from about 1840 until 1978 that uh, members of the church who were of African-American descent were not allowed to hold the priesthood, while all other male members were able to hold the priesthood. Now, let me stop you there for a second so that people understand, because you're talking to an audience that knows really nothing about this. The priesthood, ladies and gentlemen, is a term in the Old Testament. Melchizedek had the priesthood uh, and others. So I want to give you the biblical reference for this because it's not just some crazy, you know, Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints Mormon thing. This is biblical reality. And so the high priest in the priesthood at the time was Melchizedek back in biblical days. Well, we believe as members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints that the priesthood was restored to the earth through Joseph Smith, Jr., who we believe is a prophet of God. All right, now, the reason I tell you that is what is the priesthood? It is the authority to act in the name of God. All right, so you can perform ordinances, baptisms, uh, give people the gift of the Holy Ghost, uh, etc. all through this authority to act in the name of God. So the reality is the discussion is authority. Where do you get authority to be a minister? Where do you get authority to act in the name of God? And we believe that authority is given by those who have authority, right? You can't just buy it. You can't just obtain it. You got to receive it by those who have authority. And they lay their hands upon your head and bestow the authority upon you. Anyway, I digress, except I want you to understand when we talk about the priesthood, what we're talking about. So from about 1840, 1845 range uh, to 1978, black people and I don't want to say African-Americans because that wasn't a term for most of that time at all, okay? But black people could not hold that authority, according to the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Then it was a great day when they made a change and said, okay, now blacks can hold the priesthood, the authority to act in the name of God. Now, if you're not a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, you're saying, wait a minute, Sam, who gives them the authority to, to say this? We believe that as Jesus Christ set up his church uh, in his time on earth they restored the church meaning christ through joseph smith and they set up the same original church prophets and apostles like peter of old there's a prophet on the earth today Uh, his name is russell m nelson right now all right now i am convinced and have a testimony of this truth so let's not get side railed on that at all however the point is that they can then Deliver the word of the Lord in the Bible. It says in Amos, I think it is, uh, the whether the voice of my servants or my voice, it is the same, meaning the prophets of God. Anyway, we digress, except I have to set that up so you understand when we discuss this, what we're talking about. We'll do it in seconds. Chris Carlson with me. I am Sam Bushman. I know it's a weighty subject, ladies and gentlemen. My question is, can you handle the truth? Liberty Roundtable Live.
The CDC just reported that 7,218 people died after receiving a COVID-19 shot. Granted, vaccines are a complicated concoction of chemicals, and as with any medical experiment, it can take a long time to get it right. This is not the first time people have been hurt when vaccinated. What is different this time, and so concerning, is the reaction to these death numbers. Let me explain. In 1976, the government vaccinated 45 million people for swine flu. A total of 53 people died after getting that shot, and the U.S. government immediately halted the vaccination program. Why? Because authorities decided it was too much of a risk. Why would they halt the program back then for 53 deaths, but now, with over 7,000 deaths, they are using every method possible to force it on you? In fact, now the health authorities are using their power to silence anyone who dares to question the COVID vaccination. Why? Why? Why is anyone that questions COVID silenced? Even doctors are being censored. What's up with that? Paid for by Emmon Bundy for governor. VoteBundy.com. The Foundation for Moral Law is a nonprofit legal foundation committed to protecting our unalienable right to publicly acknowledge God. The Foundation for Moral Law exists to restore the knowledge of God in law and government and to acknowledge and defend the truth that man is endowed with rights not by our fellow man, but by God. The Foundation maintains a twofold focus. First, litigation within state and federal courts. Second, education conducting seminars to teach the necessity and importance of acknowledging God in law and government. How can you help? Please make a tax-deductible contribution, allowing Foundation attorneys to continue the fight. You may also purchase various Foundation products as well at morallaw.org. Located in Montgomery, Alabama, the Foundation for Moral Law is a nonprofit, tax-exempt 501c3, founded by Judge Roy Moore. Please partner with us to achieve this important mission, morallaw.org. With news the networks refuse to use. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. All right, so Chris Carlson, Sam Bushman, talking about the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, who owns a university called Brigham Young uh, University. Uh, And so we're talking about how the blacks could not have the priesthood from 1845 range uh, to uh, 1978. Uh, and there's a lot of questions in the church and without the church of what the heck are the Mormons a bunch of racists? What's going on with this, Chris? Yeah. And uh, Brad Wilcox, who, by the way, is a general authority of the church and a tenured professor at Brigham Young University. So he's no slouch. And by the way, I, I Sam and I both listened to the talk and he's actually a very brilliant speaker. Uh, he, he engages young people very well because of his uh, his physical antics and things of that nature. But he made a statement in connection with the fact, as, as Sam so uh, uh, thoroughly articulated, concerning the blacks not being able to receive that priesthood until the year 1978. Uh, and he, uh, he used that to articulate a principle that I think is very important, that we receive blessings at the hand of the Lord on the Lord's time, not our time or our expectations. And I thought he did so very articulately. And I'll go ahead and read exactly what he said, Sam. He said, maybe instead of asking why the blacks had to wait until 1978 to get the priesthood, we should be asking why did the whites and other races have to wait until 1829? And because of that brief statement, which I think is very 
uh, articulate and, and cl clarifying, he got into big trouble with BYU's administration. But before that, Sam, it wasn't BYU who started uh, this controversy. It was the Twitterverse. It was probably, uh, for the most part, young people who are uh, brainwashed into thinking that there is a racist around every corner that is institutionalized, that we need to root it out. And they somehow they construed that statement to be racist on the part of this guy who I guarantee you, Sam, does not have a racist bone in his body. And uh, the the news me local news media glammed onto that and started reporting how this racist, you know, said this thing that disparages black people and trying to make excuses for racism in the church and all these horrible things they leveled against him. And I I listened to that clip over and over, Sam. I could not find anything that I could even remotely construe to be racist. Did you? No, certainly not. I don't get it, but everybody nowadays is, is always looking uh, for problems, is particularly in the area of racial relations. And I think we've become like the people during the Salem witch trials or Nazis during Nazi Germany who, was, who were looking for excuses to blame Jews for all their problems. And I can cite different uh, examples throughout history of this hysteria that has caught a hold on a group of people and I think we're going through such a period right now as far as racism is concerned. And it is dangerous, Sam. And I think we need to nip this in it the It is bud. extremely dangerous, and it is problematic. So one of the great tenets of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints is, you know what, asking questions is good. Learning, seeking truth is good. Another tenet of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints belief is this. We accept truth wherever it's found. All right. So I submit to you that every organization has a racist history. And every family has a racist history. You say, what, Sam? Come on now. Uh, well, any organization that's been around for a while, if you start an organization yesterday, it may not. But the reality is large organizations that have been around for a long time have racist roots. It's impossible not to because people were born into racism. People were born into owning slaves or being a slave. My white ancestor, great, 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 I don't know how many greats, I can't remember, grandma, had to come over on the boat to America. When she got here, they held him on the boat until she agreed to be an indentured servant for several years. Well, Sam, an indentured servant's not the same as a slave. Okay, she was forced to work for other people for no pay to pay back a bill that is debatable if she owed and she wasn't allowed to leave the boat until they agreed to do it. And she was like 13 years old. Cause I don't, you know, I, I'm not here to debate which slave is a worse slave than another slave. Anytime you force people to do things against their will, it's evil, satanic and wrong. But you know what? Everybody's had those roots. So the fact is people wondered genuinely, why is this the case? Well, you can debate why if you want to, but we really don't know the answer. God has not spoken on the subject, so we don't know. But what Brad Wilcox was trying to do is highlight the timing for people to think through this and say, look, you know what, on one hand, you can ask that question, but you're being a little bit short-sighted when you do. Because why did it take from the time the Savior was crucified 
and then all the apostles were killed. In the Bible, it documents a great apostasy. Why did it take so long to restore the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, to restore the authority on the earth? Now, you can say you don't believe this. That's fine. I want you to understand the historical reality, though. Um, we believe that the gospel was restored on the earth through the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, okay? And that Jesus Christ is the leader of the church, and they have the same organization that existed in the Savior's church, restored to the earth. And it happened in the 1800s, okay, uh, in 1830. Well, anyway, I digress, except I want to get across. So Brad Wilcox is saying, hey, you ask why blacks had to wait to receive the priesthood, documenting the racist history of the church. And you could say, Sam, you're off on the left. That's not, look, I'm not here to debate it. I can have my own opinion, okay? And I'm telling you right now, there's things that have been said that absolutely document a racist past. Okay, to pretend it doesn't exist is not the answer. To acknowledge it, come clean, repent, and to do right is the answer. Well, anyway, so I'm saying that Brad Wilcox was saying, well, why did everybody have to wait and the whites have to wait from, you know, after the Savior was crucified all the way to 1829, 1830 uh, to receive the priesthood? Uh, it's a fair, open question. Here is Brad. Let me see if I can cue this up right. Um, I, um, why, did, why did the whites have to wait so long, too? Didn't get the priesthood until 1978. What's up with that, Brother Wilcox? Hold on, let me see if I can. Maybe instead of saying, why did the blacks have to wait until 1978? Maybe what we should be asking is, why did the whites and other races have to wait until 1829? 1,829 years they waited. And why did the Gentiles have to wait until after the Jews. Now let's stop. What Brad Wilcox is referring to is there's a lot of things in the Bible and everywhere else that make you go, hmm, what is up with that? Why is now you're questioning God and why is what you're doing here, right? Whether it be the blacks and the priesthood for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter day Saints or saying, hey, why did Sarah kick out Hagar from Abraham's house twice? And Abraham just stood by and let one of his concubines get kicked out. Wait a minute. What's up with the prophet of God and Abraham's time having concubines in the first place? We can go on and on and on with the questions, ladies and gentlemen. But let me let you hear what Brad Wilcox continues to say. Because this is critical because I believe the whole Twittersphere, blogosphere, whatever they call that these days, uh, is whacked out crazy. And they took what Brad said out of context. Sadly, though, everybody fell for it as Chris wisely is telling you. So here's what Brad then continues to say. And why did everybody in the house of Israel, except the tribe of Levi, have to wait until... When you look at it like that, then instead of trying to feel like you have to figure out God's timeline, we can just be grateful. Grateful right down to our socks that the blacks received the priesthood in 78. Grateful, right down to our socks that Joseph Smith and Oliver Cowdery had the priesthood restored to them in 1829. Maybe we should just feel grateful. Yeah, but Brother Wilcox, how come the girls don't have the priesthood? I mean, that's what I want to know. How come the girls don't have the priesthood? What's up with that? Girls, you're going to hear a lot of people say a lot of things, and many of them say them with very angry voices. 
But just because somebody's angry doesn't necessarily make him or her right. Just because somebody's loud doesn't necessarily make him or her right. I was at a professional conference for BYU. I have- all right, anyway, it goes on and on. I can't play it all, but I want to say this. So Brad's whole point in this incredible talk that he gave, it was well over an hour long, the whole speech. And he made some incredible points. He used the term gospel, and he explained about the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints and how grateful he is for his religion and what the value, in his view, was to the religion. I'll talk more about it in seconds. We'll come back to Chris as well. You are listening to the one and only Liberty Roundtable Live. Proclaiming liberty across the land. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA Radio News with Lance Pride. The group of seven, or G7, is prepared for serious dialogue with Russia over the Ukraine crisis. After Western countries and NATO accused Moscow of trying to create a pretext for an invasion with an escalation of violence in Ukraine's conflict with Russian-backed separatists in the eastern part of the country. The separatists have been battling the Ukraine government since 2014. The Senate voted 65 to 27 on Thursday to pass a stopgap measure to avoid a government shutdown. Government funding was set to expire Friday. Thursday's resolution extends funding through March 11th, while Congress works on the details of a full-year spending package. Vice President Kamala Harris is in Germany for the next couple of days. White House spokesperson Jen Psaki from the lectern. To attend the February 18th to 20th Munich Security Conference. Uh, She will build on the president's and the national security team's intensive engagement with European allies and partners. USA Radio News. Fever is a potential sign of COVID or the flu. And the Exergen Temporal Scanner Thermometer has been proven accurate with more than 100 clinical studies. Be vigilant and seek medical advice at the first sign of fever. Be accurate with Exergen. Exergen Temporal Scanners, available at Walmart and other fine retailers. Learn more at exergen.com. That's E-X-E-R-G-E-N.com. Exergen is changing the way the world takes temperature. Got a party of 10 coming in. We need to flip those two tables. Leah's restaurant is fully booked night after night. Section 3 is still behind. She no longer has reservations about finally finding a hostess. Why doesn't 23 have menus? Oh, those are in my hand. Indeed can help her hire great people fast. I need Indeed. Indeed you do. Instant Match instantly connects you with quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your sponsored job description. Visit Indeed.com slash credit and get $75 towards your first sponsored job. Terms and conditions apply. Way back in the olden days, when America was energy independent, prices and inflation were a lot lower. With prices at the pump continuing to rise by more than 40% over the last 12 months, the Biden administration is now saying they're expected to rise again because of Russia's potential invasion of Ukraine. Speaking on Newsmax, Senate Minority Whip Republican John Thune says that President Joe Biden is responsible for those rising prices. The first thing this president does when he gets, comes to office is to shut down the Keystone XL 
pipeline, a project that would allow us to get energy from a friendly neighbor, Canada, and transport it across the United States to make it available where they need to help fill the, the gap in the uh, supply out there for the demand that's out there. Thune said the increase in prices mostly hurts low- and middle-income families, effectively giving them a $3,500 per year cost increase. From the Washington Bureau of USA Radio News, I'm John Hunt. Visit us online at usaradio.com. USA Radio News. Live and on your radio, ladies and gentlemen, Sam Bushman, Chris Carlson, hard-hitting talk always. Who has the guts to take this on, huh? <laughs> Liberty Roundtable Live does. That's right. LDS leader, Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints leader, Brad Wilcox, apologizes for remarks about black members. BYU Brigham Young University deeply concerned, says Salt Lake Tribune. Brad Wilcox, quote, I am committed to do better. He says after speech, they say that incorrectly stated history of the now discarded exclusion policy. Others worry that other ideas like this persist. Ladies and gentlemen, we're going to talk about this more. So I'm telling you that Brad Wilcox did not in my opinion, misstate history. That's not true. Okay? That is the history. Blacks couldn't receive the priesthood until 1978. Everybody couldn't receive the priesthood according to the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints doctrine from after the gospel was lost, the great apostasy documented in the New Testament, ladies and gentlemen, until 1829. Nobody had the priesthood. Nobody had the authority to act in the name of God on the earth. All right, that's that's factual history. Let's not debate it. If some of you people want to claim that uh, a unfair record of history was portrayed by Brad Wilcox, come on the radio with me. And maybe Brad wants to come on with me too. We'll discuss this all the way till the cows come home, people. Okay, I'm not going to back away from the truth. That is the truth. Now, here's the point that Brad was making, and here's the point that I think we should take away from this. Why, ladies and gentlemen? Why is it that way? Why is it unfair? Why am I blind and you guys can all see? Why is a woman able to have a baby but a man is not? Why is a man given the priesthood, the authority to act in the name of God, but women are not? And Brad goes on to explain that everyone is blessed by the priesthood, everyone. Everyone has all priesthood blessings, not some but all. And his whole point was, ladies and gentlemen, rather than asking questions like that, that we don't have the answers to, that we don't know, Instead of saying, why am I blind and you're not, I should say, Lord, I am blind. What would you like me to do with that? What, what, what am I supposed to know and learn and do to bless people around me as I minister in Christ? And what am I supposed to learn and know and do? You know, not why is it this way, but what do you want me to say, do, and act regarding this reality, Lord? And you know what? We need to have trust in God that he'll make everything right that things will be okay, that even though things seem unfair and don't make sense, that was Brad's broader discussion point. And he literally spent an hour in an incredible speech explaining how grateful he was for his religion uh, and the blessings that his religion provides to him and, in his view, to everyone else. It was a very kind, very well-delivered speech for over an hour. But this one little teeny section, 40 Two minutes and 13 seconds in, 
he made a little statement that kind of tried to broaden the discussion, saying the world's not fair and why, and saying rather than think why about everything and get all crazy and uptight, why not be grateful that, that things happen and that God's in charge? And that was his whole point. But you know what? Then the blogosphere, the Twitter sphere, blew up and melted down, and he got relentlessly attacked. And the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints and Brigham Young University should be standing with Brad saying, yes, we had a bad history. We're not proud of it. We've changed. Look at the history since 1978. Look at the history from, you know, whatever. But look, God's in charge, not us. Why not use this as an incredible teaching moment about God's timing, not our timing? And why don't we use this as a teaching moment to say people can change and people can repent? and be acknowledging and candid about the truth. And that's really the problem is that, hey, this whole society is attacking Brad now for asking a couple of questions. Is that the problem, Chris? And the sad thing about it, Sam, uh, is that now when it, whenever people go back to that talk, it will be tainted in their minds with the taint of racism. Instead of uh, learning, all, he, he articulated so many brilliant gospel principles. I was blown away. I'm glad that this controversy has blown up because I learned a great deal from listening to that. Now, when people think about Brad Wilcox, the first thing that will come to their mind, Sam, will be, oh, yeah, that racist. And then everything that he said will now be tainted by that uh, uh, unearned label racist, which is, is sad. And let me read to you what BYU um said about him. He said, we are deeply concerned with the words recently used by Dr. Brad Wilcox. Now, he's a tenured professor, mind you, uh, going on. We appreciate his sincere apology and believe he is committed to learn from his experience. Yeah, he'll learn all right. You know what he'll learn? He'll learn not to, to say anything that could be even remotely construed to be racist. That will stifle his creativity and his free speech uh, in, a, in a way that will probably completely and totally uh, render his ability to speak uh, ineffective. Let me say that. So BYU remains committed to upholding President Nelson's charge to root out racism in institutions. We are carrying out the guiding principles outlined in President... And then it goes, I don't need, mean to, to read it all. But here's the ironic thing about this. Here's the hypocritical thing about this, Sam. And I want to point this out. Consider the name of the university that is handing down this disciplinary action, Brigham Young University. Brigham Young is the one who instituted that policy in the first place, yet they continue to honor his name by continuing to retain his name in the name of the university. Do you see any hypocrisy in that, Sam? Uh, without in, in, question, ladies and gentlemen, and, and I'll tell you why. Do you know what Brigham Young said? Now, you ready to tell everybody about this, Chris? Sam, go ahead and you go ahead. You go ahead and read the quote. You've got the quote there. Yeah, I know what he's going to say. All right, I I got to find it. But but I'm okay. telling you, this quote is shocking, and the statements that Brad made are like tiny. But I want to know what did Brad say that's not a true, honest, open question. See, this is the yeah. problem about free speech and about freedom of conscience, to believe as you want to, and to ask questions. And what did Brad ask that is racist? He said, why do people have to wait till 1978 to receive the priesthood if they're black? The world's asking that, and people in the church are asking that question. The answer is we don't know. 
God has said yeah. so, and God has, through revelation, changed that in 1978. We don't know why, okay? But it's also a fair question to say, why did everybody, all races, have to wait from, you know, why didn't the gospel get restored earlier? Why was the gospel lost from the earth in the first place, according to the Bible and the great apostasy? Why? All Brad did was ask those questions, but did, was it because he said black and then because he said white and other races? What did Brad say that's not true? And what did Brad say that's racist? See, I don't understand even what they're saying. Well, Sam, that just shows how systemic the racism is. You're a racist buddy and you don't even know it. Fine. Call me a racist. Don't care because you're wasting our time. I'm as far from a racist as it gets. I don't even know what color you are for crying out loud. All right. Don't care. But here's the deal, though. What did Brad say that's not true? And what did Brad say that's racist? Do you know, Chris? Uh, well, the, he said nothing that was racist. The guy doesn't have a racist bone in his body. The guy I know, but what are they claiming bone. that he said, though? What What's wrong claiming? with what he asked or he's said? Saying he, okay, so what they're saying, that what they're implying is that he rationalized the church's decision no, based didn't. on this notion. Okay. Stop. No, he no, didn't. I, I know, I know he, he didn't. Hold on. Sam. He literally said, why is this this way? Why is this this way? Why is this this way? We don't know, but we should be grateful regardless of the things we don't understand. That's what he said. That's what he intended. If you listen to the whole talk, it was about, I'm grateful for my religion, and here's all the blessings that my religion brings to me. And whether you want to stay in the church or out of the church, he started out by talking about how churches are losing members globally. Not only the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, but every religion is losing religion. Everyone is losing yeah. saints. Every, people are leaving. Why was his question? And what can we do to help that not happen? Because religion is vital, a vital support to a civil society. Okay, that was his real, broader point. He didn't in any way attack anyone or minimize anything at all, Chris. No, he didn't. He basically said, hey, let's look at the glass of water as being half full rather than half empty. Let's be optimists about this. Let's be grateful that now they have the priesthood. But we can't be grateful because we're living in the past. We're blaming people who are no longer living today for problems that no longer exist today. Why are we doing this? We live in a toxic, racially charged environment that is not doing anything to further the cause of the Christian gospel. It is setting it back. And we're becoming angry and hateful and vengeful. Is that a Christ-like attribute? Are those Christ-like attributes? I would say no. And Brigham Young University did nothing to, uh, to reverse that perception. They did everything to advance that racially charged toxic environment that we're now creating for especially our young people. And it's not helping our gospel cause at all, Sam. There's no question about it. I would say shame on Brigham Young University. Shame on the media for going along with this. Shame on those who are absolutely punishing Brad Wilcox over this. Shame on them. We'll talk about it on your radio. The spirit of the American West is live and well in Range Magazine, the award-winning quarterly devoted to the issues affecting the American West. Each issue contains informative articles, breathtaking imagery, as well as the culture of cowboy spirit today, and gift ideas like the 2021 Real Buckaroo Calendar. Order online from rangemagazine.com. Loving Liberty Network salutes the spirit of the American West. 
at rangemagazine.com. Decades after Jimmy Carter, Joe Biden picked up where he left off. With America surrendering to terrorists, Biden's foolish spending is causing inflation, which means more pain at the pump, higher prices on groceries, devaluing your retirement savings when you need it most. Once was a mistake, twice is a disaster. America needs strong leaders, not weak ones. Save America JFC is responsible for the content of this advertising. The spirit of the American West is alive and well in Range Magazine, the award-winning quarterly devoted to the issues of the American West. Each issue contains informative articles, breathtaking imagery, as well as the culture of cowboy spirit today, and gift ideas like this year's Buckaroo calendar. Order online from rangemagazine.com. Loving Liberty Network salutes the spirit of the American West at rangemagazine.com. I think that my family has always had a big influence on me for not smoking because since I was little I was taught that smoking was wrong. Recent studies indicate that smoking among teens often leads to the use of alcohol and other drugs. I think having faith in God is a big part in it because the way I was raised has helped to avoid smoking. Smoking. If you think you're old enough to start, you're smart enough to stop. A public service message from this station and the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Maybe y'all can attack me and lay off Brad Wilcox a little bit. So Brad Wilcox, you heard what he had to say. He just said, hey, why didn't blacks have to wait until 1978 to get the priesthood of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints? A broader question might be, why did everybody have to wait for the great apostasy in the Bible around the Savior's crucifixion time a little shortly thereafter, 100 years after, after the apostles were all murdered? And hey, the authority, the priesthood to act in the name of God was taken from the earth. Why did everybody have to wait until 1829? to have it restored to earth well then they say that's super racist and hate-filled and everything else but ladies and gentlemen let me just tell you brigham young was the second prophet in the restoration of the church of jesus christ of latter-day saints he made some very very racist statements all right he says blacks and whites should not mix journal of discourses 10 110 111 shall i tell you the law of god in regard to the African race, he says, if the white man who belongs to the chosen seed mixes his blood with the seed of Cain, that's blacks, African-American, whatever term you want to use in modern time, the penalty under the law of God is death on the spot. This will always be so. Uh, Brigham Young said this in Salt Lake City, March 8th, 1863. Now, I reject that statement from Brigham Young. It's wrong. But that statement is a thousand times more abusive, more whatever term you want to say, more racist, more wrong than Brad Wilcox even brought up. Now, Brad's statements were tame, and I think fair questions. Why do all these things happen in our world? We don't know oftentimes, but we need to have faith in and trust in God. And we need to be grateful. So I'm coming out now and saying shame on this abusive attitude that we've developed where we just attack. 
you know what? If the blogosphere goes crazy, we're going to just sell Brad out. Because you know what? We don't want to uh, defend that. Well, it'll just be a big, huge, man, we don't dare. So Brad gets the ax or Brad gets the punishment or whatever. And the same thing happened at 9-11. You had a great man, Stephen Jones, an incredible physics professor, who said the towers did not come down the way your government says they did. And they axed him from Brigham Young University, too. So my question is, are these people being axed and punished for telling the truth? If they are, which I submit in both cases, hey, these guys told the truth. And we need to own up to the truth, not attack the messenger. And so shame on Brigham Young University and shame on all those in the media and everybody else who are absolutely caving to this dishonest narrative, which is, hey, now, whole, as Chris said, Brad's whole talk is racist. The whole thing now is ruined because of a what? 40-minute or 40-second segment? of an hour speech because he mused and asked a couple of honest, fair, open questions in an effort to help people say trust in God and be grateful. Wow, shame on them all. And I'm going to say it right here. Shame on all of them because they're not doing what's right. They're caving to political pressure and they're backing dishonesty over honesty. You tell me how Brad Wilcox got the history wrong. We need to own up to the truth, ladies and gentlemen. Chris, there's a, a phenomena that documents this. Okay. Where, where are we going with this? The Stasi? Well, yeah. Voluntary that. Plus versus you had an, involuntary? Yeah, well, you had an experiment this. about this too, right? What happens to people? Experience. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But let me just say this. If Brad Wilcox or you or I, Sam, I could see myself making such a statement in, in a, a church setting had said this 25 years ago, nobody would have been bothered by it because we didn't live in such a, a toxic environment. But you want to talk about the ash experiments. Let me just preface the ash experiments by saying this, and I'm going to read word for word. The fact that Brad Wilcox was pressured to apologize, and that was another offense. He should have never apologized, no matter how much pressure was applied. The fact that he succumbed to that pressure, Sam, was even more unfortunate. He could have been a hero for refusing to bend under the pressure of losing his job or losing respect from friends and associates. Um, but he didn't. Okay, so let's go to the Ash experiment to explain then Brad Wilcox's subsequent uh, apology when, applied, uh, when pressure was applied to him from the BYU administration. Uh, the Ash experiment in 1951, Solomon Ash from um, Swarthmore College in Swarthmore, Pennsylvania, conducted a an experiment to see how uh, easily people would bend under peer pressure. So I'll just t tell you what happened. So he conducted an experiment where you were presented a line, a picture of a line on a, on a piece of paper. And then next to it, there were three other lines. And each of those three other lines were of different height. And you had to pick the line among those three other lines that matched the length or the height of the, the first line. And it was a very obvious way to, it was very obvious which line matched the original line. So you could get a 100, everybody should have gotten a 100%. What he discovered, Sam, in the ASH experiments is that 32% of the time, about a third of the time, People, when pressured by a group of, of peers, which there were present at the experiment, would intentionally choose the wrong choice when the peers pressured that person to choose the wrong line. 
when they knew they should have known any you know normally intelligent human being would have would have chosen the right line but it tells you how powerful peer pressure is and unfortunately as as i stated brad wilcox uh folded under that pressure probably because he wanted to keep his job probably because and by the way i say shame on brad for kate hold on shame on all those people for attacking and for especially the friends of brad i get the twitter blog of fears that want to stir up and, and create problems everywhere but shame on those who should be defending brad and shame on brad what brad should have said is i make no apology for accurate history and i make no apology for honest open fair questions that's what he should say but no yeah, he, should. he caved and, and it's sad shame on brad and by the way, this is why this is why the enemies of freedom and the enemies of religion literally double down and do this because they know that you'll just cave. You won't stand up. So they win the argument, destroy his talk, destroy his credibility. They know that. He should stand tall and say, "I make no apology." Chris? Yeah, and he would have been a hero. You need that push right now. When people look at his example, it's going to be a lot easier for subsequent professors when they get nailed on racism, false racism. It's going to be so much more easy for them to fold under the pressure. And it's a slippery slope. And we're going down this slope, Sam. And it's the fact that Brigham Young University, all the way up to the president, Pre President Worthland, uh, supported this pressure applied to Brad Wilcox to apologize. That gives a sense, not legitimacy, but a sense of legitimacy, a false legitimacy to what um, what Brad, what they're they're accusing him of, and that's just going to taint the the church and the reputation of the church, and it's going to be that slippery slope, and it's going to be so much easier for them to uh, perpetrate other uh, injustices in the future, and I don't want to go down that slippery slope, slope Sam. It is real. Uh, it's an imminent threat to the integrity of the church, and I'm gonna do everything I can to push back against that. All right, so Chris and I ask this question, are they gonna change the name of the university, Brigham Young University now because Brigham Young was a racist? Is that where we're gonna go? Now, I don't believe that, that Brigham was right on racism, but you know what? Everybody who grew up in those times had a lot of those beliefs. I'm not defending them or justifying them. But I am telling you that I'm not going to throw out a great man, Brigham Young, because he had some flaws. Everyone has flaws. Everyone has societal baggage of their lives. We cannot look at the current filter and lens and look back and judge them by our current filters and lenses. You look at the Bible and you go, hey, most of the characters in the Bible had crazy, whacked out lives. Peter, the great chief apostle, denied Christ three times. Abraham slept with his concubine, and then Abraham's wife kicked his concubine out of his house twice, leaving her destitute. Come on now. Now, I'm not uh, defending any of those things. I'm just saying that if you take a laser lens and you isolate a piece of things out of context, you can destroy anyone. And what I'm saying is shame on those who allow this to happen to Brad. Shame on them. So, Chris Carlson, you have a, a, a final statement, your comments that I think relate here. Yeah, what a messed up world we live in, Sam. You know, we, we thought it would never infect the Christian churches, and it's it we, we're seeing it before our very eyes. It is affecting the Christian churches, including the one that we belong to, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, Sam. We are seeing the fulfillment of Isaiah 520, and I'll read that. Woe unto them that call evil good and good evil, that put darkness for light and light for darkness, that put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. And then I go on to quote another scripture. 
This is in Matthew 23, 24, Sam. Ye blind guides, which strain at a gnat and swallow a camel. I don't hear Brigham Young University coming out against these uh, experimental mRNA shots that are killing people and injuring people in droves. Why don't they make a statement against uh, forced inoculations? Uh, there was an article that oh, we were going to get to, we didn't get to, about how many more uh, military men and women who have been forced to give the shots are now coming out with these, these horrible diseases uh, in record numbers. Anyway, to, to continue my final statement, Sam, uh, I will say uh, we are in the midst of a government-driven democide, and we are more concerned about making a man an offender for a word rather than actual offenses like serious illness and death. I would like to see institutions like Brigham Young University come out against the abortionists and the needle Nazis violating our God-given free will rather than bashing one of their tenured professors who merely stated an inconvenient fact that the LDS Church is now trying to run from. It's time to speak up. We are already in trouble. We ought to obey God rather than men, Acts 5.29. And uh, we've we got to push back, Sam. There's, there's no two ways about this. We have to push back. Well, and so people understand a broader context. This isn't just the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. I know that's where we've had the focus because it's kind of blown up in the blogosphere. But James Edwards, our dear friend who is a Baptist, uh, literally they tried to kick him out of his Southern Baptist uh, convention. Uh, and then when the pastor stood up for James and wouldn't do that, they kicked his whole church out because they didn't like James Edwards because, of course, he's a racist, even though the courts found that he was not a racist, but yet they still... What, dishonestly won the case? This is what we're talking about. It isn't just us. It's Catholics. It's Baptists. It's it's all the churches. And if the churches, this is the whole point Brad Wilcox was making, we're losing people. Religion is losing people. People are leaving churches in droves. And uh, you know what? He asks really why you should be grateful. Without religion, we're in real trouble. It's a wise point. Brad Wilcox is correct. And, well, I'll tell you why you're losing parishioners while you're losing faithful saints because the churches are going along with government and the media dishonestly and people see that hypocrisy and say i'm out if you want to correct it stand with the truth ladies and gentlemen and it's it, it's not just one church or the other church it's all of them why are they doing that i believe because of 501c3 government guidelines that put your tax exempt status in jeopardy should you do anything they don't want done kowtowing to filthy lucre shame on them all is what i say final word to you chris yes sir without god we can never win with god we can never lose the battle for freedom is the lord's but we need to be engaged in the fight lieutenant carlson and liberty loving people everywhere continuing our duty sir now i'm predicting the attacks begin now chris oh yeah yeah, I'm going to see if I can make a trip up to BYU and see if I can run down Brad Wilcox and have a conversation with him. Ladies and gentlemen, God save the republic and God save the church. Atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West. West. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk radio Show. Talk Show. Back with you live, ladies and gentlemen. Happy to have you along. I am Sam Bushman, Dr. Scott Bradley with me. This is hard-hitting news the networks refuse to use. 
This is a freedom-loving, fantastic, faith-filled. We're taking America back one heart, one mind, one issue at a time. Friday, it is the broadcast for February the 18th. And our goal to promote God, family, and country and protect life, liberty, and property using the supreme law of the land, the Constitution, and the traditions of our founding fathers, rejecting revolution, standing for peaceful restoration of the greatest country on the face of the earth. Doctor, welcome back, sir. Well, thank you, all of that fanfare for a little introduction. It's, uh, it's exciting to be here. I hope everybody's as excited as, as we are for being able to speak the truth and, and stand for liberty and and be kind of a, I don't know, a different voice out there with all of the uh, all the contrary voices and the, the media hype and the, uh, it seems like, well, you know, Malachi talks about the wicked and the proud and everybody, how they seem to always be upheld and sustained and everything like that. And those that are really trying hard feel like they don't have a voice. I don't know. I mean, I don't know how long it's been since you've talked about that, but to tell you the truth, yeah, I, I take some comfort in Malachi's statement because I think when the time comes, God is going to let everyone know who his jewels are and um, and everybody that's kind of had the, the uh, power to strangle anything else out is going to be exposed for what they are. So, Amen to that. Know. So Chris Carlson, last hour... Chris Carlson made an interesting point. He said, what a messed up world we live in. We are seeing the fulfillment of Isaiah 5.20. Woe unto them that call evil good and good evil, that put darkness for light and light for darkness, that put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Isaiah 5.20 or Matthew 23.24. Ye blind guides which strains at gnats and swallow a camel uh, anyway it goes on but all i'm telling you is he's right as rain on this we have got a problem with the truth on one hand they mock us about fake news on the other hand the more truth we tell the more they claim we're peddling fake news but they're peddling fake news they're peddling an agenda they're peddling an agenda ladies and gentlemen that does this Divide everybody in every fault lane you can find. Eventually, the goal is to attack any Christian beliefs or anyone who has those beliefs. Any uh, doctrine that would defend God, family, and country, they will attack. And sadly, there are good people who are falling into this trap and going along unwittingly, unrealizing that they're being betrayed, ladies and gentlemen, on the altar of this let's eventually go for the Christians Dr. Bradley. You know, it's interesting. Uh, uh, the Nazi propaganda minister, Joseph Goebbels, talked about telling a lie big enough and long enough, and it became truth. And uh, basically, uh, what we have is big tech collaborating with the uh, uh, establishment agenda, if you will, and uh, basically standing up for them, closing down any discussion, any exchange, anything that would be uh, able to... <sighs> have a, a varying viewpoint from what the establishment is. And and many of us that have been shut down, deplatformed, and marginalized by this whole process are very much finding um, it's frustration that, that comes upon us. And uh, let me just talk briefly about Malachi chapter 3, starting with verse 13. Uh, the Lord says, Your words have been stout against me, saith the Lord, yet ye say, 
what have we spoken so much against thee? You know, I mean, some of the people are griping and complaining, like me, I have to admit. And then verse 14 says, Ye have said it is vain to serve God, and what profit is it that we have kept his ordinance, and that we have walked mournfully before the Lord of hosts? Now ye call the proud happy, yea, they that work wickedness are set up, yea, they that tempt God are even delivered. Then they that feared the Lord spoke often, spake, I guess I should say, one to another, and the Lord hearkened and heard it, and a book of remembrance was written before him for these things that feared the Lord, for them that feared the Lord, and that thought upon his name. And they shall be mine, saith the Lord of hosts, in that day when I make up my jewels, and I will spare them as a man spareth his own son that serveth him. <coughs> so what we have here is is a very frustrating time in history when when all the proud and they that are wickedly, they're upheld, they're sustained, they're, they're basically given a pass, if you will, at every single turn. And those of us that, that try, you know, are in our small um, way that, that we can bring to the, to the marketplace, if you will, truth and, and another position are crushed at every turn. And, you know, it, it's, it's happened a lot of times. I mean, it happened... Well, let's look back in, uh, you know, 100 years ago, a little more than that, when World War I was going on, and those that spoke up against Woodrow Wilson were crushed. They were imprisoned. Uh, their mail was, was intercepted. I mean, now it's so easy to do with a few clicks of a mouse. Y you can shut down discussion. Look at what happened with, with Abraham Lincoln and his jailing of newspaper editors that didn't agree with him and putting people in jail. I mean, jailing an, an entire state legislature because they were not on board with his agenda. I mean, these kind of tyrants have always existed. Look at Trudeau up in Canada. He's using all the force of his government to crush another viewpoint. And so, yeah, it's, um, it's a very frustrating time, but I have faith that ultimately and finally the truth will prevail. And, and so I, I have in front of me all the time. While we're speaking here right now, I have a a statement made by George Washington in front of me. It's always there. There's but one straight course, and that is to seek truth and pursue it steadily. And and it's a, it's a time when, when truth is pretty rarely exposed in, in the great media outlets. Uh, the falsehoods have become truisms based upon the philosophy that was put forth by the Nazi war propaganda machine. The propaganda prevails. And, and we just need to be discerning and trusting in God. Our spirits need to be uh, attuned to the whisperings of the Holy Spirit and, um, and press forward in the, in the best light and knowledge we've got. And I fear a lot of good people are being cast aside. We're, we're being abandoned, uh, if you will. But yet and still, ultimately and finally, God will not abandon us. But we have the days of 1984 where... Winston Smith sat in the Ministry of Truth and put things down the memory hole that that were never, um, they were not accepted by the establishment, and therefore they didn't exist. And, and that's where we are right now. Uh, the uh, uh, the spin that's on all, all of these things is just appalling. But in a way, if we were scripturally 
you know, aware, we knew that these days are here. And as was mentioned when you uh, mentioned uh, Isaiah 5, um, you know, really, good is called evil and evil is called good. And, and we're in those days. And that should be, in a way, exciting for us to know that, well, okay, it's time to, it's time to make our choice. Choose ye this day. And we need to press forward in, in that light, I think. Rather Amen than to that. Out. It's also interesting. Sadly, we're being attacked, us truth seekers, uh, those who are trying to do the best. It's no different than the history of the world. Uh, you know, Martin Luther, and I don't mean King. I just mean Martin Luther, you know, and others uh, stood up for what was right and were considered heretics and, and uh, everything in their day as well. And it's no different in our day. Sadly, though, today, even the churches, though, are attacking uh, freedom fighters such as us, attacking individuals who stand up on true principle and seek for truth such as us. Uh, and they wrongly attack us. But then, uh, hey, we got a big dearth of religion in America. People are leaving churches in droves. And I submit to you that it's all primarily because of this. You got the churches because of 5013C tax status uh, that are literally afraid to speak out. And they'll they'll basically virtually, let me say that again, virtually hang someone who doesn't uh, stay on the reservation or doesn't speak or act in a way that they deem preserving of their tax status. And so oftentimes the churches are attacking people as well in the media. And, and I look at that and I just say, you know, what a shame it is. And it makes it very confusing for people. Sadly, they leave religions thinking that they're going to find a, a holy grail elsewhere. They won't. But where do you turn? <laughs> what are we to do? Where do you turn uh, in that kind of a scenario? Anyway, I bring that up a little bit because it kind of connects us with the last hour, and it'll connect us to the topic after the break as well, Dr. Bradley. Uh Uh-oh, we'll get Dr. Bradley back here in a minute. So the topic I mentioned that we'll talk about after the break that relates directly to this is a hidden camera, ladies and gentlemen. A hidden camera, FDA, that's the Food and Drug Administration, an executive at the FBA on hidden camera discloses Biden will require annual COVID shots. Not formally announced because they don't want to rile everybody up. ArtmoreWND.com is the piece we're going to discuss after the break. I've got a big soundbite to play about the undercover video. Yeah. FDA executive Christopher Cole is the guy we're talking about in a hidden camera interview with a Project Veritas journalist. Yeah, tells the tale on this. This is very serious. Yeah. Hidden camera. The truth comes out. Who will stand with the truth on this, ladies and gentlemen? That's the real question for you. Doesn't the truth make men free? Isn't the truth something that all Christians seek? Dr. Scott Bradley with me and continues in seconds on your radio. I really don't want to talk about this, but I will. I'm just so mad. 
mad. I didn't get asked to the junior prom, and it's raining, which means by the time I get to school, I'm soaking wet. Dad picked me up just after I left, and I was so mad, I got out, and he said, wait, your mom said to give you this. I forgot my lunch money, and then I dropped it in the water, and I was late for history, and so at lunchtime, I had to find something on John Stuart Mill, which, of course, our library didn't have, so I had to walk all the way down to the office to call my mom, and she found something on the internet and called me back. And Karen, she wouldn't even help me, and that's a whole nother story. But Dad helped me conjugate nouns or whatever on the way to the swim team workout, and then he read my history paper while I was in the pool, and of course, I forgot the bibliography, so I had to do that with my mother when I got home, and it made me totally forget that I put my jeans in the washer that morning, and I hate it when they sit wet like that all day and smell like mildew, but my mom said she put them in the dryer while I was at the swim team, and you know, I'm just not gonna go to the prom, no matter who asks me. I just wanna stay home with my mom and dad. Family. And just hang out. Isn't it about time? Unless Dustin asks me. From the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. As you all know, Roe versus Wade has resulted in some of the most permissive abortion laws anywhere in the world. For example, in the United States, it's one of only seven countries to allow elective late-term abortions, along with China, North Korea, and others. Right now, in a number of states, the laws allow a baby to be born from his or her mother's womb in the ninth month. It is wrong. It has to change. Americans are more and more pro-life. You see that all the time. In fact, only 12% of Americans support abortion on demand at any time. Under my administration, we will always defend the very first right in the Declaration of Independence, and that is the right to life. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we had a little glitch with a button. <laughs> Dr. Bradley was speaking, and, well, he was on mute. So we'll come right back to the topic at hand. I was saying that churches, sadly, uh, because of 501c3 status and everything else, they don't want to lose their tax-exempt status, so they'll literally virtually hang anybody if they have to let somebody uh, out to dry, if you will, uh, because they don't want to get caught in this um, and lose their tax-exempt status. You've also got a politically correct reality in America, too, where the culture war is happening. And a lot of people, even churches, are picking the wrong side of this culture war and attacking truth seekers like you wouldn't believe, Dr. Bradley. You know, it's interesting to me that uh, the churches really have, in so many ways, become not all churches, but but far too many that have become um, instruments of of the uh, the movement to crush. It seems to me almost like churches are are uh, vying in a beauty contest to become the church of the new world order, the church of the beast, if you will, that will sweep across the world. And, and this preeminence and prominence that they're seeking for, I think, comes at great cost. And I think back in the primitive church as the, uh, you know, after the Savior's mortal ministry and his resurrection. And, and I, I think back, you know, Acts chapter 5 comes to mind about uh, the uh, Peter and John being taken before the powers that be. And, and uh, they said to him, did we not straightly command you that you should not teach of this name? And. Behold, you filled Jerusalem with your doctrine and intend to bring this man's blood upon us. Now, how, how such a short time ago they'd say his 
blood be upon us and our posterity. I mean, their rabble was, was just rabid at the time. And then Peter and the other apostle answered and said, we ought, we ought to obey God rather than men. And they skipped down a few verses, and they agreed. And when they had called the apostles and beaten them, they commanded that they should not speak in the name of Jesus and let them go. And then Peter and John departed from the presence of the council, rejoicing they were counted worthy to suffer the shame, suffer shame for his name. So here we have the, an example out of the primitive church about the heck you say. We're going to do what we need to do to stand true with God. And far too many are capitulating. And, and these are very prominent, preeminent, and, and high-profile churches. And I, I fear lest the time is upon us when very often we, we seek for the praise of men, uh, prominent men, and until we've turned our back on Christ, we worship at the COVID altar, for example. We call our saviors the, the physicians, the scientists, the researchers, the politicians, the big pharma company. We don't look to our savior. And, and, and it, it reminds me of Ephesians chapter 6. And, and we, I know we can take a lot of time doing a scripture chase here. But we are. It's, it's time to put on the whole armor of God. Because the wiles of the devil have become so mainstream that even the churches in the most prominent, preeminent positions oftentimes set aside a mantle that they should be courageous enough to carry to say, no. I mean, you, you look at our right to worship. I, there's no subclause in there that says, oh, unless there's a virus that comes along, unless there's a public official that says otherwise. What did Peter and John say? No, is it better to follow God or to follow you? And and you know, amen to that reality check, ladies and gentlemen. Now, this vaccine undercover camera really highlights a lot of this. I'm going to let you hear this, then we'll come back with Dr. Bradley and talk about it in context of what we've laid out already. Here is the uh, James O'Keefe undercover uh, video details with this uh, executive. Meet Christopher Cole, an executive officer at the FDA with over 20 years experience who claims to be directly involved in the approval process of the various COVID vaccines. What you're about to witness raises some alarming concerns from the government's desire to mandate an annual vaccine for everyone, including young children, to the billions of dollars that exchange hands between our government and Big Pharma to railroad the approval process. So you have to get an annual shot. I mean, it hasn't been formally announced yet because they don't want to, like, uh, rile everyone up. So, Is it going to be formally announced? Yeah, yeah, at some point. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be, uh, uh, and some of it's been talked about publicly, but it has been talked about on, like, CNN or Fox or MSNBC or anything. Uh, so, yeah, it'll, 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 you'll have to get uh, an annual. I think um, what's going to happen is um, it's going to be a gradual thing. School's going to mandate it. Why do they need the third one? Well, the same reason um, that you or I would be determined to, because the, the vaccine, um, it wanes. Mm -hmm. um, your ability to fight it, it wanes. So the three will bolster your, your system. And then there will be an annual, um, eventually an annual, just like the flu shot. For the toddlers? Well, for everyone. Okay, so the toddlers too then. We'll have to get Probably. annually. Okay. I mean, yeah. that's in the future. We're not sure. Mm -hmm. That might involve more. Uh, more studies. The FDA was scheduled to meet this week to discuss approval of the Pfizer vaccine for children as young as six months old. They were hoping to have the new vaccine available by the end of the month, but the meeting was unexpectedly canceled, citing the need for more testing. 
You guys have been in the news a lot the last couple of days. Yeah, we're looking at um, trying to prove. Um, I don't completely agree with their the process. They're looking at trying to inoculate um, um, kids under five years old, mm -hmm. between six months and five years old. What do you mean you don't agree with the process? Well, I mean they um, they don't have all the all the tests aren't there. So I agree with the thing that it is important to inoculate them. Um, but you can't provide the, um, the parent as much um, assurity as you normally want to. Despite Cole's concerns regarding the possible dangers of vaccinating young children, it seems the FDA is still willing to go through with this approval. It's an EUA for all, all, um, all age groups, all designations and then you have to get approved by specific age groups based on the study. Do you think that's really an emergency for the toddlers? Well, they're all approved under an emergency just because it, um, it's not as, as impactful as some of the other approvals, emergency approvals, but they're all being approved under that uh, standard. The efficacy data doesn't have to be as high. Mm. The standard is on emergency use authorizations is that it does more benefit than harm. So how do you know it's already getting approved? Well, they're not going to, um, I mean, just from everything I've heard, they're not going to not approve it. I thought their cases weren't that high for six what, months to four-year-olds. They're not, but it, because it's um, related to COVID, it's under that approval process. So how many babies did they have to jab basically for the trial? I don't know. I haven't looked at the trial, um, how many people they did. You never, there's always a chance of long, long term effects, especially with someone younger. Cole seems certain the federal government will require annual COVID vaccines, including young children, even though the efficacy, adverse reactions, and long term effects are still unknown. It's hard to find like pregnant women. Um, for these studies and, um, and a significant number in order to be uh, statistically uh, accurate. I haven't tested enough on pregnancy, on, you know, vaccines and everything and, and women because they have different, you know, systems than men. And they, they haven't tested enough? Well, they, they have, but they, they haven't done enough prior. Now, they also have been very good at promoting that, but that was an issue for uh, a period of time. Well, I feel like that's still an issue. It is still an issue. It's still, it's still, we still haven't gotten there. I, I read like a couple articles about it, and everything I saw was that the first two shots weren't effective. There, there has been, uh, yes, it is, has not been as effective as they're expecting. I agree. Wow, ladies and gentlemen, think about that, right? Raise some eyebrows. Just wait until you see what he says in part two about the billions of dollars exchanging hands between our government and Big Pharma and what really goes on behind the scenes during the approval process. There's almost a billion dollars a year going into FDA's budget from the people we um, regulate. If they can get every person required at an annual vaccine, that is a recurring return of um, uh, money going into their, their company. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, whether he's accurate or not, time will tell about their real force. But we've been worried about this and telling you this forever. Now, he said be, just, besides the fact that there's not safety and efficacy data,
The FDA will grant emergency authorization for children and eventually push for all of us to have an annual shot. The FDA said in a statement on the Project Veritas video that the person purportedly in the video, so they're trying to cast doubt that it's really him, if you will, that uh, he also doesn't represent the views of the FDA. But Cole says that his role with the FDA is to ensure safety, security, and effectiveness in response to the pandemic. And he cited concerns over long-term effects of the vaccinations. Wow. Especially with somebody younger. When we come back, we'll put this in context with Dr. Scott Bradley on your radio. Protecting your liberties. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA Radio News with Lance Pride. Some of the peaceful Freedom Convoy protesters in Canada against COVID mandates by the Canadian government have been arrested. Leaders Chris Barber and Tamara Leach have been taken into custody. Tammy, a day before she was arrested, knew the repercussions for standing up for freedom. I'll probably be going somewhere tomorrow where I'll be getting three square meals a day. <laughs> and that's okay. I, um, I'm okay with that. And I want you to know that I'm not afraid. It is breaking my heart. You guys, I just want you to stay strong. Ukraine accused Russia-backed separatists in the countries east of more ceasefire violations on Friday. Escalation in eastern Ukraine is further raising tensions between the Kremlin and the West. Moscow state media is reporting Russia's military will be conducting large-scale drills involving its nuclear forces starting Saturday. USA Radio News. Fever is a potential sign of COVID or the flu. And the Exergen Temporal Scanner Thermometer has been proven accurate with more than 100 clinical studies. Be vigilant and seek medical advice at the first sign of fever. Be accurate with Exergen. Exergen Temporal Scanners, available at Walmart and other fine retailers. Learn more at exergen.com. That's E-X-E-R-G-E-N.com. Exergen is changing the way the world takes temperature. Hola, Carla speaking. Carla's Roofing Company always goes above and beyond. Mm, yeah, we heard about next week's forecast. She needs a new foreman to weather a storm of projects. You mean another full crew before Wednesday? Mira Jose, can you work Wednesday? Indeed can help her hire great people fast. I need Indeed. Indeed you do. Instant Match instantly connects you with quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your sponsored job description. Visit Indeed.com slash credit and get $75 towards your first sponsored job. Terms and conditions apply. Black Lives Matter is being slammed for posting bail on a man attempting a political assassination. Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell is slamming the Louisville Black Lives Matter chapter for helping bail out an alleged shooter. Less than 48 hours after this activist tried to literally murder a politician, the radical left bailed their comrade out of jail. McConnell is referring to Quintez Brown, who's free on $100,000 bail, after allegedly opening fire in the office of mayoral candidate Craig Greenberg. From the USA Radio News Phoenix Bureau, I'm Tim Berg. Government funding was set to expire Friday. Thursday, the Senate voted 65 to 27 to pass a stopgap measure to avoid a government shutdown again. The resolution extends funding through March 11th and amplifies how Washington cannot come together to support a long-term budget. 
Thanks for listening. We appreciate it. We are USA Radio News. I want to dedicate this song to Mr. Rupert Murdoch. Live and on your radio, ladies and gentlemen, so James O'Keefe and his organization, Varitas, has literally released another video, a incredible detail video, I might add. Hidden camera. FDA executive exposes that Joe Biden intends to create annual vaccinations for us all, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Dr. Bradley, your response. You know, uh, Veritas is a uh, Latin word for truth, so they... Their purported uh, focus is seeking the truth, Project Veritas, seeking the truth. And um, and it's interesting to me that um, when they do have these candid interviews with people that hold positions in the administration, we, we get some very damning uh, evidence that, that this thing is is the juggernaut. It's it's moving ahead. It's going to crush everything in its in its wake, in its in its. Uh, Wherever it's going, it's going to take full power. And, and I think that, that we need to be very concerned about this and, and understand that these little insights should resolve us to stand with truth and, and resist these kinds of things. Back in, uh, I think it was the 23rd of January in, in Washington, D.C., there was a, a rally that uh, was put on by those that were trying to stand against the tyranny that you know, masks and mandates and vaccines and all that kind of stuff. Robert F. Kennedy Jr. gave a, uh, <clears throat> he gave an interview there that I have recently looked at. And in that interview, he talks very openly about why this big push for the children's vaccines. As was pointed out, this emergency use authorization thing is a, is a very, uh, it's a fragile kind of thing. I mean, they say they do it so that you can get Oh, or the, the risks outweigh the, I mean, or the, the, the potential benefit outweighs the risks. And, and we found that that's not, that's simply not the truth. It's a lie. It's a lie that it's safe and effective. It has proven, and they admit, well, it wasn't as effective as we thought. Oh, and by the way, thousands and thousands and thousands have died. Tens of thousands and tens of thousands and tens of thousands have had adverse reactions. And the government's own reporting process that has never, never, there's been never been any evidence or studies or anything that would say it overstates anything. Every single one of them say they're, they're vastly understating. So, uh, you know, whatever multiplier factor you use to say it indicates this many thousands of people have died, multiply that number by the factor to come up with what is probably a more realistic number of the deaths and injuries caused by this. And so this, uh, it's not safe, it's not effective. The evidence, the government's own evidence indicates that. And, and so why in the world are they doing it on children? Kennedy gave a very insightful interview and he said basically, they need to have the children. If it gets approved, FDA approved for the children, it, pro it protects the vaccine manufacturers against risk because if the FDA approves it for children, then it just is a, it basically says, I don't care how old you are if you take this vaccine. The agency that created it, the, the manufacturing plant, the, the company, whatever you want to call it, that created it is now protected by this shield that was signed by Ronald Reagan back in 1986 that says, no, 
they don't have any liability. You sue the government now, and the government is the one that defends the process. They have deep pockets. You might have noticed that. And ultimately and finally, it's very difficult to prevail against them. And in spite of the fact they, oh, it's something like $4 billion have been awarded, uh, the egregious violations that have happened, it's still a drop in the bucket compared to what really has, has been the adverse reaction to it. So that's why they need the children. If they get it approved for children, it will give a blanket and a shield and a protection against financial liability. And they're, they're looking to be able to continue to do this and make their hundreds of billions of dollars every year. And they have the full force of government behind them unconstitutionally. Government does not have any, not a zero authority to enter these health issues and l read the Constitution, people. There is nothing in there that would say anybody could mandate these things, could the legislature can't create it. I mean, you, we have legislators now that say, oh, the president stepped over his bounds. He's, he's creating law. Yeah, he's attempting to. It's unconstitutional. But the legislature could not create a law that required it either. And, and so... And, and the I, reason I why, ladies and gentlemen, the reason why is because they're chained down with the Constitution. There's no consent given by the governed. So the the only just powers they have is what's you know given consent by us. The Constitution give, doesn't give them any uh, authority over those things. All they have is authority over what's defined in the Constitution. This simply is not there, Doctor. It is not at all in any way, shape, or form. And, and we have these buffoons, uh, and, and literally, uh, that's the nicest thing I can say about them, that hold office, that, that claim the authority based upon the fact they hold an office that they can do what they're doing. And, and you look uh, just at the news segment that came just before in regards to the, the little bump they gave in the authority to continue to operate uh, in spite of the bankrupt basis of how they're doing things. I don't know the exact number. I, I pick 80%. I say 80% of everything that they do at the general government level is unconstitutional. Now, it may be 79. It might be 92. I don't know what it is. But it's a vast majority of what they do. And they continue to foster the idea that they can walk where they were never authorized to walk. The, the Constitution is a contract. It was created by the states and the people. They're the makers of that are the states and the people. They made the contract. The creation of the contract is the general government. The executive branch, the legislative branch, the judicial, they have nothing. They have no authority whatsoever to do anything other than what the contract authorizes them. They're the janitors that we hired, and I don't want to denigrate janitors, but just saying these are the people that carry out what duties they've been assigned and they cannot, think of the janitor that seeks to go into the board of directors meeting and reset the direction of the corporation. It's, they'd be laughed out of the room. But, but here's people, uh, buffoons, that sit at the head of the government, if you will, in the judgment seats, and, and they're attempting to reseat everything. They're, they want to come into the board of directors office and carry out things that they're not authorized to do. It's not in the charter. The charter it's all the true, but the, sadly, the churches that should be understanding this and highlighting this, they're literally doubling down. you got the churches and the media in bed with government on this. And the reason that I'm so uh, uh, focusing on the churches right now 
and the media on this is because, look, we could turn the tide and stop a lot of this. Okay, we could stop mandatory vaccinations if the churches would stand up and if we could take on the media, ladies and gentlemen. But Fauci now claims it's risky to even take masks off the kids. Dr. Bradley? Well, and you know, absolutely. And, and you, you look at Fauci, you say, and he has any credibility in whose mind? I mean, the man, the CDC, the National Institute of Health, the World Health Organization, the FDA, you tell me why anybody that has a, a, a synapse left in their brain would ever say, oh, yeah, I trust these guys. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, okay. Well, uh, you know, and, and you look at every single recall that happens of some drug that is proven to be unsafe and ineffective was all FDA approved. It's a it's an incestuous operation where the pharma companies own not only the the approval process, they own the the uh, medical schools that uh, that are uh, become built basically pill pushers and vaccine pushers for the pharma companies. Uh, you know, it's it's just appalling to me. And, and as you point out, the churches are protecting what they consider to be their turf. Oh, we're going to keep we're going to keep our our temples our our synagogues, our, our uh, chapels open, and, and we're all going to be happy. Never, ever in all of the history of mankind has capitulation, cowering, and going along to get along ever resulted in more freedom. If you look at, at whether, to pick any tyrant you want, uh, you know, you get anything. They move along, they move along, they continue to strengthen their position. And the churches should be wise enough to see this and say, they need to say, no, no, this individual God-given right to worship is, is the basis of the institutional establishments. If individuals lose these things, ultimately the institutions will. And the institutions are capitulating on gender issues and, and on economic issues and on medical issues. And, and they think they're feathering their nest. They're giving more ground away. Soon every protection will be wiped out. If you, if you look at the old man from all seasons, and if you, if you want to hear the exchange between, well, I'll, I'll bring it up. You can talk about it if you want in, in a minute. But those things, every protection is being blown down, wiped out, and the churches are giving away their strength and their position. It's tragic and tra a travesty. Ladies and gentlemen, I also ask, why does the church refuse to stand against abortion. I mean, they got policies against it, but they don't really stand against it. They don't even hardly mention it. Why? As a parent, is receiving a faith-based, character-focused education for your children difficult to find? Do you believe that godly principles should be a central component in your child's education? Imagine a school where faith and integrity are at its center, where heritage and responsibility instill character. For over 40 years, American Heritage School has been educating both hearts and minds, bringing out academic excellence. This is the school where character and embracing the providence of a living God are fundamental, where students' national test scores average near the 90th percentile. With American Heritage School's Advanced Distance Education Program, distance is no longer an issue. With an accredited LDS-oriented curriculum from kindergarten through 12th grade, your children can attend from anywhere in the world. American Heritage School will prepare your child for more than a job. It will prepare them for life. 
To learn more, visit American-Heritage.org. That's American-Heritage.org. As the United States boldly stepped forward in the glorious light provided by its new constitution in 1787, the nations of the earth were in awe of the newfound strength and hope of this free land. Today, the nation stands at a crossroads. A divergence from the original intent put forth in the United States Constitution has brought grave threats to our beloved nation. A miracle is needed if the United States is to survive. That miracle is again the pure application of the United States Constitution. I'm Scott Bradley. In my To Preserve the Nation book and lecture series, I bring forth truths that will help raise up a new generation of statesmen like those noble Americans who founded this land. Vigorous application of these principles will invigorate and restore the nation, and we may become again the freest, most prosperous, most respected, and happiest nation on earth. Visit topreservethenation.com to begin that restoration. Why does the church refuse to engage and stand against abortion? I know most churches, if you ask them, they'll say, oh, yeah, we're, of course, against abortion. It's bad. It's evil. It's wrong. But they don't really engage. They don't really take on the issue. Right now, we have an opportunity to reject Roe versus Wade at the Supreme Court coming out hopefully in June. But we'll see. Uh, but churches aren't really making a big push right now. They're just kind of silent on the issue. Uh, this is what I'm talking about. It's where are we going to make a stand for truth, ladies and gentlemen? Where are we going to really double down on this stuff? Okay, and why are we hanging out those to dry who do stand up at every level? I'll give you an example. There's a headline that says Republicans push Biden to remove federal pandemic mandates. But That's a lie headline because the headline right after it in another news source says this. Four Republican senators failed to show up on the vote for an amendment that would have defunded the remaining vaccine mandates coming from the Biden administration. Yeah, they failed on a 46-47 vote. Why? Because four key Republicans failed to show up for this thing, ladies and gentlemen. Senator Mitt Romney of Utah, Jim Inhofe of Oklahoma, Lindsey Graham, South Carolina, and Richard Burr of North Carolina. They didn't show up at all to the vote, ladies and gentlemen, so the Democrats won. So don't tell me the Republicans are trying to stop this. They're not. It reminds me of Obamacare. They said they were going to stop it, and they voted in the affirmative to do so over and over and over when they had control, well, of one house, but they knew that it would be shut down. The second they got control to really make it happen, oh, none of them really engaged anymore. We have got hypocrisy through the media, through the church, and in the government like I have never seen before in my 50-plus years of life, Dr. Bradley. Well, that's, that's the problem we have is that we're, we're just uh, – you've seen these. If you haven't maybe seen it in person, you've seen it on videos or something of a, a great swather going through the field, chopping down the wheat or the barley or corn or whatever where they're harvesting it. And there's a wide swath that's being cut through the field. And what we're doing right now is we're allowing a huge swather to go through all of the protections that, that we have uh, institutionalized, if you will, through the instrumentality of the Founding Fathers and the, under the inspiration of God. And what is happening is we're removing all of the impediments that would ultimately and finally uh, help us preserve our liberty. 
We're cutting down everything that that we could use to help protect us, and the churches are instru- instrumental in that. I would say go back and, and look at A Man for All Seasons, Act 1, say, Scene 7, where <coughs> William Roker, Roper and Sir Thomas More have an exchange. And uh, and Roper is, is saying he'd cut down every law in England to, to get after the devil. And, you know, they're, they're, what they've de- done is demonized all of these, well, I don't know what you'd call them. They're the politically correct kinds of things that we have to be so sensitive to and and we have to bow and scrape and everything before. But anyway, by, by becoming sensitive to this, by taking away private property, by, by the way that the churches are involved in, in uh, preventing any kind of improvement in the religious liberty thing and prote- protecting it. And, and so Roper's kind of saying he'd cut down every law to get to the devil because of this perverse view of where the devil's out there. And Moore says, oh, and when the last law was down and the devil turned around on you, where would you hide, Roper? The law's all being flat. See, what we're allowing is, is the, just the mowing to the ground every single safeguard we have and, and are those at the highest places. You talk about these Republicans that, that were so cowardly as to make certain that they, 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 actually were the ones that caused the outcome that happened because they were so cowardly that they wouldn't go in and take a stand for truth. And so and you, you named the names. I mean, these people are supposed to be prominent, preeminent, first class, finest kind, best there is Republicans. Really? Are you kidding me? Now, the, the stand with truth. Act in, a, in the way that upholds it. And the churches need to do that too. We are allowing a mowing down of everything that we hold sacred that ultimately and finally will allow the devil to prevail. And, uh, and we've been down this path, if you're willing to understand and, and study history, you know, whether it's under Abraham Lincoln or, or Adolf Hitler or any of the great tyrants of history, the, the Maos and the, the Stalins, pretty soon there, there's, there's no cover, there's no protection. And the churches well, should be Well, let me the, stop you there. The, the churches should be the ones to create that cover. The churches should stand yes. up nobly, boldly, and independently. Look, in the early days of the country, that was done by the Black Robe Regiment. This can be no done question. now if we have the integrity and the willingness and the honor and the morality, Dr. Bradley. Well, if, if when they, these uh, mandates, quote-unquote, again, I call them a quote-unquote because they are not law. They're a complete fabrication a complete perversion of, of our constitutional process. Yeah, the if Declaration we, of Independence would call it pretend legislation, sir. Absolutely. And, and uh, uh, a tyrant <laughs> is unjust. They, they can't even hold office, according to what they say in the Declaration of Independence. But the fact of the matter is, if the churches had said, you're what? You're, you're, you're saying we can't get together and worship our God? You're saying that we can't? assemble you're saying that we are are uh, put on ice for a year and a half our temples can't be gone into whatever you know our synagogues our chapels if if the churches had unified and said no you know we'll make a decision as to what we're going to do we're independent and able and capable of doing that and and so large institutions may have made a decision to do this or that or the other they may have capitulated but they made the decision 
But here, what we have is is a, a blanket statement by government agencies that have no authority to do it. They're saying, no, you, you can't practice your religion. You can't worship your God. You can't assemble. You can't exercise your free speech. I mean, all of these things, if the, if the religions had said, no, no, we, we will. And we will file a um, class action lawsuit against the governor over this. And, and if you got every single, I mean, every Christian segment of the society, every Jewish, every Muslim, it's, it, this is not a, a sectarian kind of, oh, my religion believes this and yours can believe that. No, really, it's protecting all across the board. If these class action suits had been filed, I think the governors would have turned tail and run. They would have said, oh, did you misunderstand? I'm so sorry. No, 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 we didn't mean you couldn't worship. No, no, sorry, sorry, sorry. Uh, yeah, yeah, go on Amen. with your Now the churches right. are literally adding insult to injury because there are individuals who say, I want a religious exemption uh, because I've prayed to my God and the Spirit tells me through revelation through the whisperings of of god to man uh if ye ask let him ask of god who will give it to all men liberally and abradeth not it talks about in james if you pray and ask god he can let you know things ladies and gentlemen don't believe in anything to the contrary that's biblical as all get out well anyway if i pray and the lord tells me don't take the vaccines i believe i have a religious exemption right there based on my right of conscience and my beliefs but the churches, the religions of the day, the corporations that have tax-exempt status are going, no, 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 you can't use, if you're a member of our religion, you can't use our religion or our corporate entity or whatever you want to say to get a religious exemption. No, how dare you to, it's even silly that you're even asking that kind of crazy talk. Okay, so this is the problem, Dr. Bradley. Well, absolutely. The, the churches are protecting their, you know, they're ducking and hiding for, for whatever reason. I, I guess I don't know or I, I couldn't even possibly guess why i think it's to curry favor and look like you're in the beauty contest for the church of the new world order but yeah, i think tax exempt status opinion. has a lot to do with it personally well it does but the fact of the matter is it is an individual conscience thing and and if the people individually uh, we've talked about this before uh, thomas jefferson felt like he was a religion of one because his religious belief system was so unique and and he was criticized by many of the institutions of his day because, oh, he's not one of us, you know, kind of thing. So what? So what? If the institution takes a path and an individual takes a different path, it does not diminish the individual God-given right to have their own conscience and their own worship. There are several things that literally are, are critically important uh, to be able to maintain liberty. One of them is private property and the free exercise because a uh, uh, the ability to exercise dominion over a man's subsistence is a control over the man, and, and that's talked about a couple of times in the Federalist Papers. The other idea is life. We've got to have life, and this idea of Roe v. Wade thing, it's a, it's a foregone conclusion. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Uh, the, the, the buffoons that can't see that, and then, of course, is conscience. If you cannot exercise your conscience, you are not free. Now, if you exercise your conscience to do things like murder other people or steal or whatever, that's wrong. It should be stopped. The problem we've got is that most people think that by pulling the levers of government, they can get their agent, the government, to steal from other people to fulfill the purposes that they want and redistribute the wealth. So now people have sought the control of the government levers in order to do that. And it's a very, very false, destructive approach 
And when our legislatures met together and the, their agents are there working on their behalf to do that, it is destructive. So conscience and private property and, and life are all critical, and, and all of them are at risk right now because of actions of government. It's completely contradictory for what was originally established in, in this land. So we've, we've got to say, no, government can't do this, and our religion, regardless of whatever, whatever their justification in their own minds is, we can't let them stand in our way. We've got to say, my religion, my belief system, as God has placed it in my heart, is is telling me to go this way. Now, you look at religious exemptions in the military. They're virtually non-existence. I think that there's been like three in the whole department of the Navy, you know, the Marine Corps and the and the Navy, and, and they were people that were already out processing. And really the quick before the end of the hour, on. Dr. Bradley, another issue we need to stand against. Abortion is one of them. These forced mandates is another one of them. Uh, ability to go to church and worship, how, where, or what we may is one of them. Uh, this issue about not attacking individuals for free speech and for candid uh, viewpoints, etc., is one of them. But this going to war, now you've literally got Joe Biden ratcheting up a war agenda that's immoral as all get out. We need to speak against this in hopes that we don't end up in a war, uh, whether Russia uh, invades Ukraine or not, sir. That question came up in my webinar last night. Uh, we, uh, we do a webinar. Anybody in the world can get on and ask questions. And this thing with the Ukraine, I spent probably 20 minutes addressing this issue. I wish there were time to do it. It is the most onerous burden any any nation takes upon them. It has got it's it's banked and controlled, and there's deliberation and justice, all that's involved in it. And there is nothing but the failed administration of Joe Biden that's encouraging this to happen right now, because he's trying to divert attention away from his failed policies. This is unjust, it's immoral, it's horrific, and we could go to war in one of the least just wars that has ever occurred in all of history. And Ladies and gentlemen, I believe that the churches need to stand up, the Black Robe Regiment needs to come to the rescue, and we the people need to understand it is about God, family, and country. We have a God-given right of conscience, and that ought to be protected like nobody's business. We also got to realize the five guarantees in the First Amendment are under threat at every turn, sadly, even by the churches. I pray for this country. I pray for the churches. I testify Christ lives and he loves us. And obedience to his commandments is the key, is the answer, is the solution, no matter what anybody else tells you. Get on your knees and God will verify that reality to you. For Dr. Bradley and Sam Bushman, God save the Republic.